Shall we begin? Let us begin. Let us begin. Let us begin. Let 40. us begin. <laughs> RTT of the 45 caliber persuasion. Oh, oh. <laughs> Large caliber RTT. This, Come on. This, today, this day. That's 45 episodes. Yep. Dot Woo. amen. Woo. Period. Amen. <laughs> Period. Dot the end. Amen. Dot, yeah, amen. Prayer and worship. Prayer yes. and worship this week. Mm-hmm. Um, worship's not the easiest thing to talk about. How come? I think because. Um, so I'm going to quote Jesus. John 4, 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You're on safe grounds when you quote yeah. Jesus, as long as you don't misquote him. I just don't always know what that means. I mean, I don't, I'm just not uh, always, maybe I'll just say I'm just not always spiritual enough, mm. or I'm just not, you know, worship is, um, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound, you know, New Agey or Eastern religionish, but worship is plugging into the spiritual realm, and I just don't know that we're great at that, mm-hmm. or that's foreign, or that's that seems strange, or whatever. And so, even there, even me talking about why it's hard to talk about yep. is sort of, you know, there's you kind of take a cir- circuitous route, you kind of circle it, you kind of say what it is, what it isn't a little bit. And um, so I don't know. I think we have at least my experience and my experience of the church is we don't always know really what worship is or how to describe it or then therefore how even to participate in it. Yeah. Am I, is that just me? No. I think without being too... uh, without intending to beat up on humanity, I think there's something inherent in the human condition uh, that it's difficult for us to either fully embody ourselves in the present moment or to forget ourselves, so to speak. So we're either thinking about ourselves and the experience, uh, we're obsessed with, Mm -hmm. you know, how's it going, Mm -hmm. what's what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. I think it's difficult... We're thinking too highly of ourselves, thinking too lowly of ourselves. Or too much of ourselves. Right, too much, yeah. too little. Um, so worship is one of those things where it's, in some senses, it's a painful to the ego or pride or the human condition to say, oh, something's not about, like, primarily about me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. It's not about me. Yeah. And that's probably what's most unfamiliar about it, because a lot of the rest of my life is about me, or even if it's not about me, it's about a loved one I'm worried about, or things I've got to do, or things we have to do, or problems to solve, all of which really involve me in some way. Uh, Worship is sort of, it involves me, but it's not about me. I think that's just, is a difficult concept, I think, for us. And, And I think that is, you know, one of the things that probably holds us back from, you know, growing in our prayer life, growing in our devotional life, growing in our disciplines is this, you know, we talked about it before, it's this thing that that we do, it's this thing we accomplish, it's this duty that whatever, 
uh, and worship really is sort of not those things. Yeah. We talked about, you know, to this point, we talked about, like you, when you're at a ball game and you hear the crack of the bat, everyone in the stadium all together kind of, there's this collective, <gasps> and then this, and then the, maybe a standing, and mm-hmm. is it going to go out, and look, what's the outfielder doing, and and then home run, and everybody cheers. Like, there's none of that's ladder orchestrated. It's everyone sort of in the moment together, responding yeah. to this real reality. Yeah. And I think that's what worship should be, that we're in this moment together, responding to the real reality of God's greatness and His goodness. Well, there's something so big. Yeah. And so other than that, I'm not worried about was so and so standing. Moment, did I, I, did right. I, that's right. My team said in the home run, I'm right. standing up. That's right. We're shouting. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about what's how everyone I else sound when I'm shouting uh-huh. or yeah. if I'm shouting, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, I'm, I'm not even thinking about myself at all. I'm in this moment, yeah. which I'm participating in, but it's not about me. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a hard place for us to get to. Uh, and I'm just talking there about corporate worship. Mm-hmm. It might be easier for some people in individual worship or harder. Uh, but I think that's something we struggle with for sure. Um, so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, the One of the passages that I think we'll look at this, this weekend is 1 Chronicles 16. And in 1 Chronicles 16, the Ark of the Covenant is coming into... Jerusalem. Uh, I should have looked this whole, the whole, the whole longer backstory. You might remember, but I think the uh, the ark was taken. Mm-hmm. You know, it was lost in battle to the Philistines, mm-hmm. and then they had it for a while. And you know, it was such an awesome and terrible thing. They, you know, they they basically very carefully brought it back to the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and left it there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so this ark, which is the presence of God, comes back into Jerusalem, and David celebrates. And, you know, First Chronicles 16 is this, this, you know, psalm of praise, basically, in First Chronicles, and it's, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, sing to him, sing praises to him, glory in his holy name, and seek the Lord in his... And just, you know, he's just respond. It's like the home run response. It's like he, he doesn't, I don't get the sense that, okay, you know, there was an event planner. And, you hmm. know, when the art comes back, mm-hmm. this is how, this is the speech I'm going to write ahead of time. This is just something that's coming out of mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. right? In the moment. Yeah. Uh, and part of this is this glorifying God, um, giving glory to God. And, that's part of worship, and maybe that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, I think we might know what that might feel like on an instinctive level, but, like, what does it mean to give glory to God? How would you describe that? Yeah, I was just thinking, I was thinking there's probably a tension with th- what you're talking about and what we first described, because in some senses, worship and glorifying God is very foreign to the human condition. And in other senses, it's not as far away as right. we might think. Right. We were made to do it. We were made to do it. And so I think about, um, you know, the the spouse, you know, the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband. Um, I don't know about you and your wife, but when my wife gets dressed up and we're going to go out on a date, she wants to be 
seen. She wants, she, she took time and her beauty is a glory to her. And that's what I feel like that is. And so she wants to be seen and delighted. And so for me to look at her and observe her and then say, oh, wow, look at this. I love the way you did that. It's nice. You know, you fixed your hair. You look pretty, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But this is just the response. And Mm -hmm. we do this all the time. Right. Oh, that food, that meal was amazing. Do you remember that? And we ate this and then the appetizer and then the the dessert and it tasted like this. And what we're doing is this is... C.S. Lewis, you're familiar with that. That's praise mm-hmm. and it happens all the time. So in some senses, it's very foreign. In some senses, it's not so far away because praise and glory is I'm just responding to who God is and his mm-hmm. beauty and what he's done and all of his works. And do you remember this? Do you remember when he brought the ark mm-hmm. back is what right. they're doing. Let's remember it together. Let's remember together. Yeah. That was amazing. It was gone. Yeah. And we were in a terrible state mm-hmm. and then God brought it back. Mm-hmm. That Isn't was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's very, it's a very natural response uh, to something that it would have been weird, actually. <laughs> it would have been weird to bring it back in, you know, three or four guys on the cart and just roll it in, put it in a tent. Yeah. You know, dust their hands off. Send and, a memo. <laughs> that <laughs> that would have been strange. That would have been wrong. Uh, and so, yeah, that's right. Just like if, you know, the, the home run gets hit in the tie game and it's the, it's the, it's the winning run. Like nobody noticed in the crowd and we're all just eating our popcorn and talking to each other. Like the moment right before the home run is hit. That's that would be stranger than not cheering for the game-winning home run. Yeah, uh, but I kind of do feel like we're we're a little bit detached off too often. It reminds me. There's a story. Um, this may not translate. You know, Jacob will have to edit this out if it doesn't. But <laughs> I remember listening to this. I think it was a podcast. Um, podcasts are great, by the way. Uh, anyway, um, it was the story of this uh, married couple and this woman had her husband. She was just frustrated with her husband who just just didn't, you know, didn't seem to respond appropriately or whatever. And she ended up giving him this test uh, and didn't tell him what it was. And he took the test. And sure enough, it, the test revealed that he was on the autism spectrum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is an awkward thing to discover. Did, did she feel bad after into, that? <laughs> multiple years into the marriage. But he talked about, you know, how he then, that was, he had to work on stuff and he had to, but the whole thing, the whole thing he was describing was he was sort of memorizing what responses should be. Hmm. Like when she does this, okay, I got to remember to say thank you. Yeah. And I feel like for some of us, that seems like what worship is. Mm-hmm. Like I got to remember to worship. Instead of if I'm really connected to the God of glory, then to give him glory is an, is or should be a more natural. Yeah. You know, if it's in the morning and the sun is rising, do I say, oh, that's glorious and beautiful and thank you, Lord. That's like a, that's just like what David's doing. Mm-hmm. A, it's a different scale and it's a different occasion, but that's worship. That's responding to God, God's beauty, God's glory in a way that's sort of natural and ordinate. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like when I am in more of a spiritual rhythm, that does happen more often. Yeah. Uh, and so, because this sense of um, the glory of God is present, and I should recognize that, I should, it would be weird if I didn't, it would be, it would be wrong if I, it would be strange if I didn't. 
and I, I think that, uh, uh, however, sometimes I do think we have to sort of train ourselves, in a sense, memorize the right answer until the right answer feels natural. Yeah. Uh, because then the alternative would be I only come to corporate worship when I feel like it. And, you know, just it wouldn't be natural if I win today because I'm in a bad mood. Well, right. and that's 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 true because especially today where we have probably elevated authenticity to uh, one of the higher ethics. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just not feeling that, so I don't want to do it. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, we're almost going back and forth. And I think that's probably how it has to be. But everything we're describing, the natural responses, and we were wired for this, these are things that we see with our eyes. These are, you know, a a date or a meal, we experience it, Mm -hmm. uh, or a game, we Mm -hmm. hear it, we're there, we're with the crowd, our Mm -hmm. minds are, Mm -hmm. you know, connected. We're in that moment. We're in that moment. And back to John 4.24, this might be the translation into the spiritual, so to speak, God is spirit. So we don't see God, and he's invisible. And like Roman says, his invisible attributes have been making themselves known mm-hmm. in the beauty of creation, but it's a different level. It's almost yeah. a different plane, P-L-A-N-E, to say this is um, the spiritual act of worship, being aware of the spiritual realm, being aware of God is spirit, and to worship him. It's To for make me, the connection to between make the, connection. the beautiful sunrise yeah. and the, that I can see, right, and the spiritual the God of spirit who made it all and who made me to rec see it and, you know, who made the beauty and who made me capable of seeing the beauty Yeah, to make that connection rather than just saying, Oh, cool sunrise. I'm going to take a picture and post it. Yeah. And, and, and I get, you know, it's interesting to me. What's really intriguing too, is that God is the most worthy person of worship and the most worthy person to be in relationship with and the safest and all of those wonderful things. But he doesn't say, you know, crash our dinner party and show up and say, look at, here I am, Mm -hmm. look at me. Mm -hmm. He's invisible. Mm -hmm. And he seems quite content to Mm -hmm. be invisible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's spirit. (laughs) He sent his son Jesus in the physical form, but he's quite content to continue to be invisible and invite us into that form of worship, which to me, is intriguing. Yeah, it is intriguing. It's like he's playing hard to get to some degree and wants us to want to pursue him. Yeah. Even if we don't pursue him well, he wants to invite us in to the pursuit of him. It would feel very, it would feel very, I don't know how to say it, cheap, like a cheap power play to... You know, to show up, yeah, it's me. It's me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah right. he, here I am. It's me. Right. It almost feels like, well, if God is God and there is a God, He would have to be this way. Mm-hmm. He would have to be invisible and say, "I want you to invite you to worship me." Yeah, right. And you can't see me, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I just wonder. And this is probably maybe a bit too esoteric. Again, Jacob could edit this out. I always say that he never edits anything out. Um, you know, as he's, he's either. He either sees the inner brilliance of it, or just doesn't <laughs> feel like editing anything out. Both, one of the two. Um, I mean, I don't know that we will spend an eternity, and will we ever fully see God? Mm. Like, there's too, there's so much to be seen. Mm. 
that the beauty we see now, wife dressed up for a date, sunrise, whatever else it might be, is this real but incomplete reflection of God's beauty yeah. that we will, you know, we will spend eternity plumbing the depths of to some degree. Um, like we are, we're never going to get, I don't think we're ever going to say, yep, that's all of it. <laughs> I've seen all of it. What's him. next? Like what's next? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and I think that's, it's just hard for us to connect to something that's spirit, eternal, glorious, never ending. Well, I know you don't have this down, but one of your favorite passages is First uh, Corinthians 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like we are being transformed into his glory, but his right. glory is like ever increasing. Right. So right. I think it's hard for us right. being limited and finite creatures to think about a God who's infinite. Mm-hmm. And if his glory is infinite, then we won't be infinite, I don't think, yeah. in heaven. No. Right. We will not be able to plumb the depths of right. who God is. That that process can happen eternally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's just hard for us, and and that's where I think it's an act of faith. I think to worship uh, and to worship through prayer, because I think we're just very you know we're material earthbound people uh, normally, and so like what is this for? You know, I can I can say I'm going to read my Bible so that I can have more biblical knowledge, so that I can live more wisely, or I'm going to pray so that so and so gets better, or my child is protected. Uh, there's this sense in which that makes some sort of transactional sense, right. even though that's the wrong way to look at it. As we've said, I still can see it where I'm worshiping God. I'm not sure mm. like what's supposed to happen, like what happens next. That's good. Like, Right, like, yeah. what am I going to feel like here? Or, and it's it's really for its own sake. Like mm. all this other stuff is actually secondary. Like this is actually the main thing. It's it's for its own sake, and it's it's connecting me to the spirit. It's forming me. All these things that we've talked about. It's hard for us to see the result. It's hard for us to see, like, yeah, what is this for? What's supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. And it's completely unlike the game-winning home run in the ballpark. Well, you don't have any, like, what am I supposed to do? Should I stand up? <laughs> I'm confused, right? We don't do that because we're in the moment and it's mm-hmm. just we're responding. Uh, I think part of, you know, a, a worshipful, and, you know, we talked about praying the word and, uh, you know, our, my, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, I worship your name. Like there's some s- rhythm to that where, you know, I have to almost force myself to get into this pattern of recognizing God's goodness in some way. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm going to pray that daily, like a different way to do it, where I just don't think that's, I do have to sort of train myself. Like maybe the first time I went to some new sporting event and I didn't know what was supposed to happen and I didn't know the guy hitting the ball out of the park was a good thing, and then I would have to look around. I, I don't know. I'd have to be trained into that. You the, have to learn. I have to learn. Yeah. And, but once I learn, and then it's a, then that's a response. So yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. I just think some sort of prayerful worship on a regular basis is training me about what is really real and really important. Yeah. Well, I think there's... Um, you have the personal daily worship 
and I intentionally didn't say, you know, it's a, it's private. It's, mm-hmm. it's only between me and God. It's personal. Our faith's never really a private mm-hmm. thing. And it's always connected to the community around us, believing and unbelieving. But so there's personal daily worship, you know, like we're talking about. We spontaneous respond to a sunset, to, um, you know, a story that we hear about our family, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But then there's corporate weekly worship. Mm-hmm. And I think those things feed each other and those things shape each other. And they're they're mutually related to the growth of the believer. And like you're saying, I think it is difficult to, what's the result? What's the outcome here? Like, what's the game? It's hard for us to get invested in it as, um, you know, 21st century consumers, uh, because it's primarily about lifting God up. Um, but as a result, as a, as a byproduct, it shapes us Mm -hmm. into being a people that God is forming, who God actually wants us to be a worshiping community. Right. So you, you've talked about this. We both talked about this. I don't want to take us too far off topic, but we... Uh, Jacob we become... can edit it out. <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt it. Right. <laughs> we become what we love or mm-hmm. we become what we right. worship. Right. And so if you think about it, the goal of the community of faith is to you know, look at God, uh, interact with him through prayer, worship, scripture, all mm-hmm. of these things, and then be shaped into his image mm-hmm. so that this worship becomes a form of um, a catalyst for the missional community. Mm-hmm. So now the community looks more and more like the object of their worship and their mission is more effective. Yeah. I'm not just trying to artificially worship, draw results the to mission it. is... Not just an outflow of that worship, but it's another means then of worship. Yes. Because it's God-oriented. Yes. It comes from a heart of... It's all included it's in all this included worship. It's all included in this worship. It's part of the personal daily worship. Yes. Like, that's our mission. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, so corporate worship. So, yeah, at first, you know, prayer and worship, thinking about worship, uh, thinking about how we think about it. Now, corporate worship is a whole nother level of... Um. Well, strange or you <laughs> it know, is, it is strange. It's a strange thing, sort of. And I think you mentioned this before, like you know, just standing in a room with a bunch of people singing is just not a normal thing. It's not something we would normally do. And I just okay. So let's just maybe. I I'm not sure how many people have that same. I think you know. Hopefully, we're we're giving permission. Like if that's. It's that's where you are. Then that's you know it's okay to to name that and say yeah. Sometimes that feels weird. So what gets in the way? Like what in that? What should maybe let's let's look at it this way. What should that be like? Um, what are some of the reasons God calls us to worship together as His people? Mm. And you know if we're, we can worship by ourselves. Uh, what you know what. Why does he call us come together and worship? And you see some of, I mean, some of that you see in this response in First First Chronicles, where David's saying, "Declare," like he's telling those around him to declare God's praises. Like, let's together declare His praises. Um, you know, there's a sense in which it isn't just me declaring the praises, it's us declaring the praises. And there's a power just in the us and a transformative power that I'm, I'm one of us. It's not just me. 
it's us. And that's part of who I am because I'm part of God's people and God's community. Right? That's it, it when it's good, that's maybe what worship should. It's one of the things. Yeah. Worship, corporate worship yeah. should do. Like what what else? Like what, what why else is corporate worship important? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I really like what you said there. It's not just me. It's us. And one of my greatest um I don't know, griefs, challenges with uh where we are in society and how we read the Bible is that uh, we usually only see it through an individualistic lens. We read the commands or the do this or pray that or don't do that through I, singular. And almost all of them, uh, oh my goodness, I never... We're in my office, by the way. Somebody, is this Matt Bear? You can just pick it up and say we're doing a podcast. <laughs> this is our first time in shooting and recording in my office. Right. And I right. get a phone call. Right. From the church. It's a funny thing. <laughs> and Chad never even answers his phone. So. <laughs> but I do call you back. I check the voicemail. <laughs> I call you back. Um, what were you saying? Yeah. Corporate. God, God doesn't yeah. see me as just me. He just doesn't. He sees us as a collective. We're in a community. It's, and that's part of, like, when you say that, like, so worship is connecting to this real reality. And the real reality is it isn't actually me. Yeah. It is us. It is us. That's the reality. The most real example of our identity is corporate yeah. worship. Yes. Because we're together. And when we're together, we all bring in different experiences. So I bring my praise, you bring your lament. Mm. Um, so and, we can sing a praise song corporately, and I feel like lamenting. Yeah. But your praise maybe is standing in where I don't, Ooh, I don't have enough. It's intercession. I like it. It is... Pr- it, we're singing songs, each other songs, on behalf of each other. And I know that sounds strange. I think it doesn't sound strange to more of an Eastern culture because community, the idea of community is just inherent in them. Like, oh, no, of course, like, we all get this together. <laughs> one person does yeah. something and we all get rewarded, or one person does something mm-hmm. and we all get, you know, disciplined. Um, but we're singing each other songs for each other. So then you're singing your lament. Mm-hmm. Or we're singing Limit with you, or you're mm-hmm. singing it on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And we are right. and sharing I'm not that in faith a lament together. place, but I can I can sing Lament for for you. Yeah. I just I think that's a uh that's a pretty countercultural notion. Yeah. I do think um you know, we are just trained to think individualistic, even when we're in a group and I'm singing the worship song, the idea that I'm singing for us or as us is something probably that would make that experience much richer. Mm. And I don't know that I normally think of it that way. Because we're evaluating maybe where, you know, do I like this song? Mm -hmm. Because you would ask like, Mm -hmm. what what can get in the way sometimes of corporate worship? Well, we we are thinking. We're in our own head. We're in our own head. Do I, do I like the song? How do I feel? Um, how do I sound? Mm-hmm. What will people, what are people mm-hmm. thinking about yeah, It's kind of dark in here or it's too light in here yeah. or it's right. Whatever. What am I thinking about that person two rows over? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, they're, yes. they're raising their hand. That, that, yeah, that's weird. That distracts me or, <laughs> Oh, there's so-and-so I haven't seen them. Yeah. We're kind of in our own, like we're not in that experience. Mm-hmm. Completely unlike, you know, at the end of the game when the guy hits the home run, we're doing none of that because we're in that moment. Uh, 
And I don't know that we can always be in that moment, but I do think there is something there about being in the moment together, which really isn't about me. And it's, it's, um, probably ties me to God's people more strongly yeah. than a, any, than a lot of other things, you know, would, right? Yeah. Um, and we see that in, so after that episode in, in the passage in First Chronicles where, you know, that's, that's, that's referenced here because there's a lot, the, 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 the worshipful response is much, you know, much more uh, explicit and much more drawn out uh, than the same thing in Second Samuel. But in Second Samuel, we see that David returns in Second Samuel six, returned to bless his household. Uh, but Michael, the daughter of Saul, uh, which is interesting because that's was his wife, but he's not. She's not referred to as his wife there. She's referred to as the daughter of Saul. Comes <laughs> uh, comes out came out to meet D- uh, David uh, and ask uh, how the king of Israel honored himself today. If you wonder if sarcasm is in the Bible, <laughs> there it is. Uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servant, female servants, is one of the vulgar, uh, as as <laughs> one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So she's like, "What's the twenty first? What's this, <laughs> this contemporary translation of this?" That's pretty cutting. Like, Do you know what you look like? That's I mean, it's basically what she's saying, yeah. right? Like that's that was ridiculous. That was shameful. That was embarrassed. I'm like, she's embarrassed. Yeah. Right. At his and we just you know so his at his bottom of the ninth home, game winning home run response to God's ark getting pulled in is a natural response of praise and worship and he's dancing and calling everyone else to you know give God glory and remembering God's great you know so on and she's like man. It's a good thing you couldn't see yourself. That yeah. was shameful. And and David, you know, says, you know, it was before the Lord. Right. You know, he was doing this before the Lord. And that's like the whole explanation for it was appropriate because it was before the Lord. It was genuine, it was appropriate. It was my heart response. But I do think we're more like the daughter of Saul here a little too often. Mm-hmm. We're like, mm-hmm. how is it supposed to look? How do I sound? Should I sing? Am I singing too loud? I don't know if I sing good enough to sing this loud. Uh, that person probably doesn't sing good enough to sing that loud. Or <laughs> just that, like, well, we stand outside the moment, and it's it's safer. Yeah, it's safer to stand outside. It's safer safer to watch and to analyze and to say, you know, you know, to the Davids, mm-hmm. what are you guys doing? Like that's a bit of yes. embarrassment. Yes. Like, Come just on. rein it in a little yes. bit. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. And we're obviously called, the Bible here is calling us in these passages to be more like David. It's commending David's example to us of somebody who naturally, spontaneously, rightly celebrates and worship God, worships God in a way that he's unself, unself-conscious. He's totally unself-conscious. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that's, I mean, we're probably too self-conscious in all areas of our life, but certainly in worship, it's something to be overcome. I like that word. I like those words. The the unself-conscious and self-conscious. Yeah. I think that really um, is a one way to talk about when we're engaging in corporate worship, the goal is to be more unself-conscious as 
you know, not that we're completely unaware of what's going on, but we're, as David said, we're worshiping God. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not yeah. worshiping for you. Right. I'm not really concerned about what you think about me. You mm-hmm. might think I'm, you know, whatever. Right. You might think I'm doing things for the wrong reasons. You right. might be judging my motives. Right. That yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think too, David, at this point, I mean, he's king. So he's, he's followed God for a long time. I think probably he's trained himself to be a worshiper to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is some, we do have to form, our, our, our hearts need training and forming. And so there's part of the time we probably, especially early on, we're a little unavoidably in our own heads a little bit like, how, what am I supposed to do here? How am I supposed to do it? Uh, what is appropriate? When you first start let's say praying the Lord's Prayer every day, like, okay, like, let me, I have to kind of think my way through it until I'm a little more formed, and then it just becomes a little more natural. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, the guy, the first baseball game he goes to and he doesn't know the rules, he's got to kind of learn it, mm-hmm. and then he can respond naturally. And I think it's the learning of it, like, we have to be patient enough to allow ourselves to be formed in order to really experience the real thing. Like, I yeah. think if we're so... In, like, I did that, and it just didn't feel right. I did that once or twice, and I just... And I think we we have to... It's an act of faith. It's kind of what... Like, worship is an act of faith, not even just because God is spirit, but because that it is worth doing, that it is forming me, that I can't... I don't have anything to show for it, nothing tangible. Well, that's really good. And I think we talked about this in a teaching training recently, and I think... You know, we're we are wholly unified beings. Our our mind, our heart, our body is uh, one entity, and it all connected and influence each other. So we can't really separate that. Um, and so we want to worship God with our heart and our mind and our our body, our strength. Um, but I think there's some reticence around, you know, manipulating the emotions or or the heart when when it comes to worship. We don't want to um, be manipulated. We don't want to manipulate others. We don't want to hype just hype people up. Yeah. And but at the same time, we don't want to leave the emotions behind. And I, I was thinking sometimes I hear. I don't know if I hear this lately. Maybe earlier in my ministry, I heard people leave worship or leave a church service, and they just say, well, "You know, I didn't. That didn't. I didn't get anything from it." Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get anything out of that. Sure. And what they often mean, I'm translating is I don't, I didn't feel something. I didn't get a a high or a a spiritual connection. And one of my favorite authors, who's, uh, I would say a great doctor of the heart was Brendan Manning. And he, he repeatedly says, if anyone seeks an experience, they don't seek God, they seek themselves. And because when you seek God, Mm -hmm. it's on his terms. Right. And he might show up in this grand earthquake and fire and wind, or he might not. He might show up in the whisper, right? Right. So we come and we worship at the... My point is, continuing your point, it's an act of faith. Mm-hmm. We come and we worship through faith, and God's God, and mm-hmm. he can choose... We can have a great experience that day, or we might not. Right. But that's that's kind of life anyway. That's life. Anyway. That's life, right. but it's by faith. Right. Right. And I just... I mean, I think... Inherent in... I need to feel, I need to, I need to have some validating experience, which is, I don't know that anybody would state that out loud, but it's sort of an, an underlying assumption. 
is that, and I think this does leak into lots of our spiritual life, that God exists for me, mm-hmm. which again, nobody would actually say that, but this sense of um, I'm coming here and I, I need God to do something, you know, I need to, you know, impress me. Right. Uh, right. And, and whether that's I'm reading a passage and like sometimes you're reading a passage and you think, oh yeah, the weight of it, the truth of it, the beauty of it. You're convicted. Uh, but every morning is not like that. No. And sometimes you just read it, read it and go, okay. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's okay. What you're saying is that's like nothing's necessarily wrong. Yeah. There. Don't go into freak out mode. Don't go into freak out mode. Right. Uh, or don't make too quick of a, well, maybe, maybe God's not, you know, at work in my life. Right. Too quick of a conclusion, that's so right. to speak. That's right. Because I do think it's, uh, I read somewhere, I don't remember who it was, it might have been C.S. Lewis, that you know God is most pleased with us when we're struggling forward when all signs of his presence mm-hmm. are gone. Yeah. Like there are times when he's carrying us along and it's wonderful, but like when we're still struggling forward and it doesn't seem like it matters or mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like anyone's listening or that's really faith at work. Like, no, I just, I don't, I can't demonstrate that this is important and necessary, but I, by faith, I believe it is, and I'm going to go do it. And I think that's part of the corporate worship thing where, you know, we need it. Mm-hmm. We need it more than we think we do, I think. Uh, and it's easy to say, yeah, but I don't know if I really... And since there's no tangible anything yeah. um, that that we often leave with, it's easy to think, well, I don't, I don't really need it. And that's one of the obstacles. You know, we're talking about obstacles of four uh, towards worship, obstacles that keep me from worship. Um, I do think, too, like, uh, I guess any obstacle that would be in the way of any spiritual discipline is also going to be in the way of worship. Like if I'm living in bitterness, if uh, there's someone that I'm not forgiving, right? you know, it's probably not, it's probably not an invitation that to worship. It's probably not, if I do, it's, I don't know, it's, I might be going through the motions and it's not actually one of those things where God's being shy. It's, I'm putting a wall up. Yeah, I'm living in self righteousness. I'm living in bitterness. Uh, you know the the passage. I can't. I wouldn't. I can't quite say exactly where it is. But if you're going to the altar and your brother has something against you, you know, leave your offering and go reconcile with your brother because God, God's interested, and in, that's actually the form of worship He wants, not this this other thing, right? Yeah, that and that's back to the daily personal worship, which includes mission and relationships. And as you're talking about forgiveness and reconciliation, you can't separate the right. two. Right. And God cares so much um, about both of them that, yeah, hey, you have some bitterness and unforgiveness or you're someone, you've offended somebody mm-hmm. and, and you've hurt care. relationship right. and you're going to go sing like everything's fine. God says, not, no, it's not fine. <laughs> you yeah, need to go I deal with the this. Truth. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, and I think that's where we feel like, well, we can justify this, and yeah, but that, and but if worship is not about me, but it's about Him, and He's telling me I need you to go reconcile, then, you know, we can think we worship, and we can think. Well, here's we the reality: if it's if it we're connected, and it's not just me, 
that person's in the room. That's right. Even if they're not in the room, they're right. with me. They're with us. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, now we have... It's actually a, more of a contradiction than we think it that's is. That's a great, great point. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with my relationship with God. They're just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right. And it sounds so justifiable in the moment because they probably are an idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, it's yeah. not like... Or they're so sensitive or the whatever. whatever. They don't like me. Right. Yeah. But the reality is I'm the idiot to somebody else probably. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just how we are. Um, and I just think, you know, that's like, I don't think that should matter or, or I'm in the right or, but if worship is not really about, if it's not a me-centered thing, if it's a him-centered thing, then I, I have to go do it or else it's not even, I'm kidding myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that's, Fear, bitterness, selfishness, unforgiveness, all of these things. Now, we can bring those to God in worship, yeah. but we need to sometimes go make, make things right. And honestly, sometimes the person we're bitter with is God. Mm-hmm. And he'd be much better. In fact, a lot of the Psalms are, hey, God... What's up? You didn't, you didn't show up like yeah, you're supposed to. Right. Yeah. And God can, you know, that, that's also worship. Mm. But like, I know that that's not the right answer. So I'm going to sing crazy words when mm-hmm. I, I'm really have a hardened attitude towards God in my heart. Um, that's another barrier. Mm. Um, I wonder too. And, and, so this just gets maybe dishonesty with self or dishonesty with God is another barrier that we're, because, you know, sometimes it's, you know, we talked about on John 6 when, when the people got the bread and they wanted the bread. And so, right. right? And sometimes, and they had this whole sort of song and dance about, when really they just wanted more of that bread. And I think if they would have just said, I was, I, you know what? I, okay, I mean, this is going to be really honest. I'm really hungry and that bread was awesome. <laughs> Before we go anywhere else, can we have some more of that bread? That might have been more positively received. And I think if that's, even if that's what I'm bringing, like, I can't think past anything else. So-and-so is sick and I need them to get well. And it maybe feels like a transactional thing, but that's, hey, that's where I am right now. Or I'm out of a job and I need a job. And it's hard for me to worship apart from bringing that to you. Now, that may not be perfect, but it's honest. Yeah. And I do think what we think the right answer should be, especially if we've been in the church a little while, can get in the way of an honest response. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I I tend to think that here's how I reason through some of that. Um, again, it, we're collective, so we're worshiping as a community. So me in my weak, flawed worship, it's okay because it's me and genuine, Mm -hmm. and this is all I got right Mm -hmm. now, and I'm bringing it, um, and I'm going to show up to the best of my ability. But that's okay, because others are singing their faith songs Mm -hmm. on my, they're singing my Mm -hmm. song on my behalf that Mm -hmm. I can't do. The other way I reason that as well is I, I think our worship is perfect. It's flawed, but it's perfect. Here's why. 
because of that passage in John 4, I think Jesus presents our yeah. worship to the Father, yeah. that it's acceptable because right. it goes through right. the intercessor mm-hmm. and his work of intercession, which mm-hmm. is the cross. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to worry about, is this right? Is, is this it perfect? Acceptable? Is it acceptable? Right. Absolutely, it's acceptable. In him, it's acceptable. It's acceptable, and that's why I can sing confidently mm-hmm. or yeah. sing, you know, um, broken yeah. with a brokenness because God hears me. Mm-hmm. He He accepts this. Um, because I'm worship. in Him, I can't do anything other than right. offer. Right. Yeah. Well, that's maybe a good a good note to end on because yeah. I do feel like there's a sense in which worship is so awesome that it maybe scares us a little bit into a tamer version or a safer version or a less honest version. But in Christ, we can be exactly who we are at the moment. And because we're in Him, our worship is accept- is uh, acceptable. And we can worship then without fear or without being self-conscious. Or yeah, insecurities. insecurities. We're, just, we're just there when we worship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's leave it there. And uh, this week, um, worship God. Um, you know, uh, tell, tell his good qualities, remember his faithfulness, uh, praise him for his works, for his goodness, for his character, uh, even, uh, and, and praise him that you are in Christ, worship him, and uh, all of that is acceptable in him. Uh, so with that, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.